Tonight I want to talk to you about something. It's a phrase that you've probably heard. It's a common one, and it's called growing pains. Anybody ever heard of growing pains? Growing pains is a natural thing that happens. Uh, I'm experiencing it in a different level now with my daughters. Um, for example, my, my oldest daughter, she's 21 months. And uh, obviously when you're born, you got no teeth, unless you know, you're born fully grown already. But she was born, obviously she had a little gummy smile and it was super cute. But as her teeth began to grow in, she would have pain and she would cry and she'd get fussy and she'd be upset. And we knew these are growing pains. There are teeth growing in. And when those teeth grow in, it's no different than maybe if you've had braces and when they tighten those braces, you feel that pain again. Well, that's what a baby's going through. It's part of their growth. Oftentimes when babies or children or even some of you go through growth spurts, you actually feel the pain in your legs. Those of you who are really tall, uh, you, you know, Julian I saw was in here. He probably went through some of those growth pains. It physically hurts because your body is stretching faster than normal. These are all things that we refer to as growing pains. And again, it's a very natural part of life. And, and you see growing pains in, in other ways. Those of you who maybe work out or you exercise or you're part of a sports team, you experience growing pains. So uh, when you're working out, uh, your muscles are being torn apart and being rebuilt back together. And if you had a good workout, you feel that soreness and you feel your muscles growing. Well, there's pain associated with that growth. And even just like from a non-physical standpoint, uh, sometimes it's painful to grow intellectually, right? It, it, it pains us to study, but that's how we grow intellectually. It pains us sometimes to read or to do our homework, but it's part of the process of growth. And so oftentimes growing is uncomfortable and if I could say, even painful. And I think because of that, a lot of the time we wanna avoid pain. And so we wanna avoid growing. It's why we avoid growing spiritually. I mean, a lot of times if I were like, hey, man, do you want to be really close to Jesus? Do you want to grow spiritually? Those of you who have a relationship with God are like, yeah, I want to do that. Well, here's what you got to do. You got to get up. You got to spend time in your word. You got to spend time in prayer. And you're like, mm, that's painful, All right? Because it's some of you, it's the most painful thing in the world to wake up in the morning. Some of you is just like, don't wake me up. I'm a horrible human being. I don't wake up well. There are these pains associated with that work, and it's uncomfortable, and so you don't do it. We want the results. We just don't want the pain that comes along with the journey to those results. But the truth is, oftentimes, pain's unavoidable. In life, you're going to have pain. And this is something I need us to make sure we understand, because if you're not careful, you might misunderstand and believe that a relationship with God means a pain-free life. And that's just not true. As a matter of fact, the opposite is true. That sometimes because of your relationship with God, you're inviting new levels of pain into your life. Because of your relationship with God, people might alienate you. Because of your relationship with God, there are certain things that other people do that you know you shouldn't do, but you still feel like you're missing out. Because of your relationship with God, certain people are going to become even angry towards you and, and attack you. There's pain that comes from a relationship with God. We're fortunate enough that that pain doesn't get that bad here in the United States, but there are several brothers and sisters across the world who are literally having their lives risked simply because they have a relationship with God and many, many more who have been killed, beaten, and abused because they simply have faith in Christ. 
And so I want to talk to you about growing pains. And in the Bible, if you realize when the birth of the church happened, it wasn't like everybody celebrated. The church, the first Christians, they went through extreme levels of pain and persecution. The people were out to get them, uh, especially, I mean, if you've ever seen any of those old school movies like Gladiator and you see things about the Colosseum and you see like Christians being fed to the lions, that was a very common thing where they would take Christians for sport and feed them to wild animals or, or tie them to posts and light them on fire as an example or a deterrent to other Christians to not profess that faith. They were being persecuted a lot. And so a lot of things you read in the New Testament, these letters that the disciples are writing to these new Christians are words of encouragement and trying to remind them, hey, listen, we got to be able to endure this suffering pain that we're going through. So if you have 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 16, I want you to see real quick what the Bible says. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. Let me just pause right oh, Let me go one more. But it is no shame to suffer for being Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. There's a few things I want to unpack when it comes to pain from that scripture. And if you're taking notes, the first thing I really want us to look at is our perception of pain. Perception is how you see things, okay? And notice in the first few verses, he says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials. He's saying, listen, you got to switch your perception of what you're going through. Don't act like it's strange or it's weird or it's horrible or it's messed up because the reality is we can't always avoid pain, but we do have a choice in how we view that pain, our perception. How we view pain matters. If we think that pain is the problem in and of itself, then we spend all our energy addressing pain. And here's what I need you to understand. Pain is not a problem. Pain is an indicator. Okay, it's very important. A lot of us would, in our minds, think, man, I'd love it if I could never feel pain, if I physically could never feel pain. It sounds cool in theory or saying it quickly, but the reality is if you had no pain receptors, that would be extremely dangerous for you. If you had no pain receptors and you picked up a, a, a hot stove off the, uh, I'm sorry, hot stove, that'd be amazing, right? You picked up a, a hot pot off the oven Bare hand, just pick it up. You won't feel the pain, but that doesn't mean you won't experience the damage. Your hand is being damaged. It's your pain receptors that allow you to see that, feel that, and then remove your hand, right? Because pain is an indicator. It's not a problem. You want the ability to feel pain because it's that ability to feel pain that goes to your brain and tells you something's not right or something's going on and you need to move or you need to adjust, or you need to figure this out. So we got to be careful on how we perceive pain, because the problem oftentimes is people think that pain is the issue, and so they address pain. For example, if you have a headache, 
And, every, and you have a headache every day, almost all day. And all day you're taking Tylenol, 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 Tylenol. Well, guess what? Tylenol doesn't get rid of a headache. Tylenol just gets rid of the pain of it. But you're not ever solving the reason you're having a headache. And so what happens is you dull the pain and not the problem. And this is what we do all the time. This is why often people who have the pain that they're going through spiritually, emotionally, physically, it's why they turn to drugs. It's why they turn to drinking, to sex, to pornography. It's a way of dulling or not feeling that pain anymore. And it's not even like bad things. Sometimes we go to video games, music, Netflix, YouTube, whatever we can do to dull the pain. But, but what if you're not supposed to dull the pain? What if the pain is trying to tell you something? What if it's not about masking the pain, but listening to it? Pain is not a problem. Like I said, it's an indicator. It's there to let you know if there's a problem or to let you know what you're going through. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says it like this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy when you're facing trials. Now, now that seems odd. Why would I be like, you know, getting punched in the face and go, woohoo, yeah, he punched me right in the mouth. <laughs> but here's what he's saying. He's saying, no, no, no. Consider it pure joy when you're suffering many kinds of trials. Why? Well, listen, it goes on to say, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He's talking about growing pain, right? And I mentioned this example earlier, but for those of you who maybe work out or you lift weights, you know, you ever like had a real good workout to where you can't wash your hair? You know what I'm talking about? Or, you, or you've been in the gym, you've been shooting those shots and, and you're super sore and when you try to wake up the next day, you feel like you got hit by a bus. I mean, some of the athletes maybe know what I'm talking about. Now, here's the deal. Soreness, that's a good thing. That's an indicator. Man, I, I had a good workout. Not pain in the sense of like, oh, I'm injured, and we'll get to that in a moment. But when you feel that pain, you're not worried because you know, no, that's a good pain. That's, that's a working out pain. When my wife had our, our most recent daughter, Olivia, my wife's water broke at 345. Olivia was born at 630. That's very, very fast. We went from the, from the house to the hospital. And my wife, they were like, hey, do you want painkillers? Do you want like an epidural? Do you want some of these drugs? Because I don't know if you know this, but it hurts to push a human being out your body. And so my wife's like, give me all the drugs. Yeah, let's do this. Pump it up. And so they, they got her ready to give her an epidural, which is a big old needle that they put in your back in order to numb basically you from the waist down. But the baby was coming so fast, she didn't have time to get the epidural. And so she felt all the pain. She felt all the stretching, being ripped up. And I know this is graphic and it's crazy, but here's the deal. She endured the pain because she understood what was going to happen. This was a good pain, not that she felt, oh, this is great, I'll go through this every day, but she's trying to get her daughter into the world. Different mindset, right? She didn't go, well, I don't want to deal with this, I don't want to, no, no, no. She's like, no, I want to do this now because I'm trying to get my daughter into the world. Her perception of her pain was different. Some of us, we struggle and we suffer because of the perception of our pain. 
because we think, well, I'm suffering on this because I'm not good enough, or I'm suffering on this because everyone hates me, or I'm suffering on this because no one ever wants to be my friend. This pain is a result of my own issues or my parents' issues. And we have this perception that all of this pain is meant to kill you. Pain is uncomfortable, and so people avoid it. You don't think my wife knew the pain she was going to go through when she was giving birth to my daughters? But she was willing to do it because of her perception of pain, because she understood what was coming out of the other side of that. Pain is often just an indicator of growth in what you're going through. Pain is a stretching of you. It's a breaking away of old things in order to make room for new things. Some of us aren't growing because we aren't willing to go through the pain of it. Some of us, uh, we just have this bad perception like, oh, man, I, I got to go to church. It's such a pain to get up and get dressed, and I got to put deodorant on. And some of you only put it on one arm because you're that lazy, and you come all the way out here, and you're like, ugh. Your perception of it is so wrong because it's an understanding of, you know what, maybe it is a little uncomfortable right off the bat if it's raining, if it's cold, if it's, you know, whatever. If I had a long day, yeah, I might feel it. But no. If that's what I got to go through just to be able to have an opportunity to worship with my friends and to grow in my relationship with God, that's not pain at all. See, there is a difference in pain when you have a different perception and when you understand within that perception that there's also purpose in pain. See, that's the part I think we often forget. If you change your perception as they were talking about in, in 1 Peter chapter 4 when he says, don't be surprised as if you're going through something strange. Instead, be very glad because these make you partners in Christ's suffering. And then he, he kind of goes into in verse 13 through 14 where he says, let me look that up for you real quick. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. What is Peter trying to communicate to the church? He's trying to say, hey, listen, I know it hurts, but there's a purpose behind this pain. The suffering makes the victory much more powerful. And isn't that true? Suffering makes victory so much more powerful. It's why athletes cry when they win championships. Grown men and women, multimillionaires, weeping when they hold that trophy. Well, why are you crying? Because you're just seeing the moment they win. You're not seeing the year-long process of suffering. You're not seeing the hours of workouts and, and gym routines and, and practices and, and fights and struggle and a whole long season and the playoffs and everything it takes to get to that little trophy. It's not the trophy. It's the pain that they endured and the purpose that is being fulfilled through that pain. It's overwhelming. It's why it's so powerful when, when someone beats cancer. And if you notice, a lot of hospitals do this. When a person beats cancer and, and they finish off their last treatment, they go down the hallway. And a lot of times hospitals, all the doctors and nurses will line up and they'll clap as you go down the hallway. And at the end of the hallway, there's a little bell. And you ring the bell to announce to the hospital, I beat it. It's not that moment, it's that time and pain to say I overcame it. There was a purpose behind the pain. And now I could celebrate that. It's why God is glorified when a testimony is shared. 
when we hear of these difficult things that people have gone through or the kind of suffering and pain that they've had to endure, but then we hear about how Jesus used that situation to bring glory to his name, and we literally cry in joy, and we think, wow, that's so powerful. Why? Because the pain was so big. I mean, think about it even just in movies. How many of us would, would sit through a movie without any kind of pain, without any kind of struggle, without any kind of suffering? And so the, the end is so much more amazing because you saw what they endured through, through the rest of the process. Too many of us want triumphs without trial, right? We want victory, but we don't want to go through suffering. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6-7 through seven says it like this. So be truly glad. I like that he says that. Not faking it. Don't pretend. Don't fake it till you make it. Don't just put a happy face on. You ever seen somebody who's in pain and tries to smile? It's, you know, it's like, it looks like they're diarying themselves. He's like, don't fake it. He says, be truly glad because there is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. When you allow God to make a path through your pain, it leaves a trail for others to follow. When you allow God to make a path through your pain, it leaves a trail that others can follow. What am I saying by that? Some of you have gone through certain things in your life. Some of you have endured certain abuses, certain issues, and you've cried certain tears, and you've wondered, why would a loving God let me go through that? I was a child. I was small. I was defenseless. If God loved me so much, why would he allow such a horrible pain to happen in my life? And what you don't fully understand in the moment of your pain is God will utilize that situation, that thing that the enemy thought he could use to destroy you, and he uses it then to heal other people. Why? Because God never wastes a single tear in your life. He gathers those tears and he uses it to water a life in someone else. And here's what I mean by that. It's the truth is this. Sometimes people will never listen unless they hear it from somebody who gets it. And sometimes they won't believe you get it unless you've gone through what they're going through. Some people, listen, and this has always been my prayer, that one day you'll come across a young lady or a young man who's had to go through the same thing you've had to go through. And God will supernaturally bring that encounter together. And you will be able to speak life and wisdom and purpose into that person from a perspective that nobody else will ever be able to do. Why? because I've been there. Think about that. We listen more to people who've been where we've been than people who talk strictly out of theory. Why did God allow you to go through that? Because God was able to bring you out of that. And in bringing you out of that, he used that very same situation that the enemy intended to harm you, and he used it that you might save the lives of many. This is the power behind the purpose of pain, is that God would utilize these situations there's wonderful joy that lies ahead knowing that God will use what the enemy intended to hurt you to help others. I've seen many people, I've, I've been in this a long time, <clears throat> and I remember having many times at this altar 
crying with students about the stuff they had to go through, even being angry about the fact that they had to go through it, only to see years later them stand at the same altar with another student and be able to connect with them in a way that I was never even able to connect with them simply because they've been where they've been. I'm telling you, we can't avoid pain. And I'm not saying that God is the source of pain, but God is the one who can author the results of pain. God can figure out and change the narrative of that pain to something that glorifies not just him, but saves others. If that's the case, praise God. If that's what happens, then I do it all over again. Because remember, you're talking about the same God where the Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise him, talking about Jesus on the cross. Does that mean God was happy and, and jumping for joy that Jesus was being battered, bruised, bled, bludgeoned to death, hung on a cross, naked and ashamed? No. Why did it please the Lord? Because he knew there was purpose in that pain and that something was gonna come out of it. The question is, and here's where you need to be careful, is you gotta ask yourself, well, who's producing this pain? Okay, God can always figure out the results. And there, in a lot of cases, there are certain situations in our life that we can't avoid. Stuff's just gonna happen. You, there's nothing you could have done to prevent what happened to you in many cases. But the truth of the matter is, some of our pain is self-inflicted. Some of our pain we cause on ourselves because of bad choices, because of, of willful defiance, because we say, screw it, I'm just gonna do this, I don't care what happens, and then we end up suffering. A lot of times the pain that we go through is a result of our own decisions. It's a result of uh, not what we're going through, but something that we are allowing or we're opening the door to. It's not something that God is challenging us with, it's the result of our own sinful choices. And I think it's important that we recognize that, that we understand that. Because, listen, verse 15 through 16, let me go back to that. It says, if you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, you're not suffering like someone who's guilty. But some of us suffer because of our own guilty behavior. And we need to be careful. There's a difference. So what he's saying is, hey, listen, don't have pure joy just because you're suffering from something stupid you decided to do. And, and that's where sometimes we're like, hey, you know, God knows my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's wicked beyond measure, the Bible says. Hey, God's going to work this out for me. Not if you keep doing things that are contrary to God's word. Not if you keep going in a direction that's not allowing God to help you in that. Again, here's the thing. We talked about purpose behind pain, but there's a difference between soreness from working out and an injury from working out. There's a difference between my bicep being sore because I was doing curls in the gym versus my bicep being torn away from the rest of my body because I ripped it while I was working out. Both have pain, but you could tell the difference. <laughs> One's an injury. The other one is a recuperation. Oftentimes, we injure ourselves because of our own sinful nature and our own sinful desires. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 says this, Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. If God decides to allow suffering in your life, 
It's easier to endure that when you know I didn't do anything wrong. It's a lot harder to endure suffering when you realize I brought this on myself. Okay? I'm not saying in either case you're not redeemable. I'm not saying that God can't do it. But what I am saying is stop shooting yourself in the foot. Stop making life more difficult for yourself because of your stubbornness, because of your rebelliousness, because nobody can tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want. And again, I got to keep going back to my kids because they're taking up like 97% of my time. But there's so many times, and I never thought I would do this, but I I went full on dad. Y'all know this because your parents did this to you. There'll be times my daughter keeps doing something, and I'm like, stop. Don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. Two seconds later, she trips, hits her head on something. Oh, oh, head. And I'm not sitting there like, oh, sweet baby. What do I do? I told you. All right? Para que se te quite. I told you not to do that. It hurt, didn't it? Remember that. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm not being cold a little bit. What I'm trying to tell my daughter is I warned you not to do that. You did it anyways. And now the pain that you're going through, it could have been avoided, but at least let's use it as a reminder not to keep doing that. When you are hurting and suffering and in pain as a result of your own sinful decisions, it's not a condemnation from God, but it is a reminder of him to say, hey, that didn't feel good, did it? Stop doing that. Hey, that, that wasn't great, right? You know how like you're in and out of relationships and, and you no longer turn to me, but you keep turning to these people in your life and, and all your affection and love is being toward, and a person keeps breaking your heart and every time they break your heart, you're like, God, where are you in my life? And God's like, sweet, okay, I'm always here. But if you keep turning away and going to them, why are you surprised that you keep having a heartbreak every other week? You ever had a friend like that, that they're always crying to you about relationships, and you're like, because you keep dating morons every week. Like, and after a while, let's be honest, after a while, you're like, I don't even care anymore. I don't even care. Because this is you. you. You're the problem. Thank God he doesn't treat us like that. But we need to be careful because a lot of times we make the situation more difficult because we are the ones who bring on the pain. Now, don't get me wrong. God can and is willing to help you through any painful situation, whether it's your fault or not. And not everything that happened to you is your fault. But how we choose to deal with pain is a responsibility we have. You hear me? Not everything that happened to you, in fact, there's many things that have happened to you were so outside of your control. But what's inside of your control is what you decide to do now with the pain that you have. For example, you might injure yourself playing a sport. And it might have been a freak accident. It might have just been you fell the wrong way and, and something popped or something you know, turned away it shouldn't turn. And it's not your fault and it's not anybody else's fault. It just happens in the middle of a game. It's not your fault. But now you're feeling this intense pain as a result but yet you refuse to do anything about it. You won't tell anyone about your pain. You won't allow a doctor to treat your pain. And so what happens is your pain gets worse and your injury more extreme, and that is on you. Many of us suffer simply because we suffer silently. Many of us, the pain doesn't go away because you're unwilling to let go of that pain. 
You don't bring it to the Lord. You don't bring it up to anyone else in, in the family of God. You hide what you're going through. You, you bury it deep down inside. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you about myself. All throughout my teenage years, that was my biggest issue. As I never dealt with my pain, I just buried it further and further. And I figured as long as it doesn't pop, you know, I could just keep stuffing that pain deeper and deeper. But let me tell you something. Pressure builds. And at some point, that pain is going to explode. And it can explode in, in a fit of rage. It can explode in, in a moment of just giving up and saying, you know, forget all this. I don't even care anymore. It can explode in just uncontrollable weeping. The pain, it's real. And it's not your fault. But what you decide to do with that pain is 100% on you. And we need to decide to learn to give it over to God. Listen, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19 says, So if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. And trust your lives to God who created you, for he will never fail you. What is he saying? If the pain that you're going through, if the suffering that you're enduring is because you're following Jesus, I just keep doing it. But the opposite of that then is true. If the suffering you're going through is a result of your own decisions or the things that you have not been willing to deal with, then you got to deal with it. This is why we have small groups, so that you can build relationships with people and, and build some trust with people. Again, I, I'm not dumb. I don't expect you to go up to a perfect stranger and be like, I'm going to tell you all my secrets, <laughs> right? Because that's weird for the stranger. The stranger's like, no, thank you. <laughs> but the reality is, you do need godly people in your life that you can build a relationship with that you can say, hey, can I talk to you? I, literally this week, I was just talking to a, a pastor friend of mine that's, that's struggling with some very, very difficult things. None of them are really his fault. And, uh, and I love the words. He said, hopefully you and I, we can get together, we can break bread, and I can cry on your shoulder. And I said, I would be incredibly blessed and humbled if you would because it means so much that you would trust me with that. I want to build such a trust and, and a unity in this room that we don't ever have to hide our pain from each other. Where we can be open and transparent, if nothing else, with the Lord to say, God, I'm hurting and I'm struggling with this. And maybe it's something that no one's ever heard about or no one ever knew, but the reality of the situation is this is what I'm going through. Pastor Jason, if, if you're still here, if you can help me out. Here's the truth, and this is what I love about Jesus. In Hebrews, it says uh, that we have a high priest who empathizes with us, who totally understands what we're going through because he's gone through his own pain as well. Truth is, no one has endured the kind of pain that Christ endured on the cross. No one has suffered the way Jesus suffered. And for those of you who, who don't know the story of Jesus, the Bible tells us that Jesus, who being 100% man and yet 100% God, came to this earth humble and low in nature, lived a life, had three years of powerful ministry, and then eventually, through some backstabbing of some religious people and the Roman government, he was arrested. He was beaten within a bloody pulp, stripped of his clothes, mocked with a crown of thorns, forced to carry a cross up a hill, fully naked and embarrassed and bleeding. 
and then his hands and his feet were nailed to that cross and he hung on that cross until eventually his body doubled over in pain and he asphyxiated, which means he could no longer breathe because he couldn't hold himself up anymore. The cross was a very unique torture device. You don't die from bleeding to death. See, the thing is, you lift yourself up from the nails in your feet to try to open your lungs up enough to breathe. And eventually, he had no more strength to lift themselves up. And that's why, if you've seen some movies, they'll give you that description. Eventually, they break your legs so that you can no longer lift yourself up. You keel over, and eventually, you can't breathe anymore, and you die. And it takes hours. And you would think that's the worst pain that he felt. But I've never felt that because other people were crucified. As a matter of fact, in that moment, two other people were crucified next to him. What makes Jesus' pain unique is the Bible says that all the sin of the world, every sin, think about every horrible, regretful feeling you've had when you've done something wrong, where you've hurt somebody or you know that you've sinned. All of those emotions, all of those feelings from every human being that's ever existed, ever existed in that time and ever will exist was thrust upon him in that moment. And yet the Bible says that he endured it. He, he was willing to withstand the pain. This is God. You don't think at any moment he just could have said, you know, screw this. You don't think he could have just jumped off whenever he wanted to? This is the same God who spoke the world into existence. You don't think he could have just said die and the entire planet dropped dead? But he endured the cross. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 that it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. What is that saying? It's saying that he was willing to endure it because he had a different perception of the pain that he was going through. He saw that joy. The joy set before him, what that literally means is he saw your face and he knew by giving his life willingly on that cross, he would pay the, the ultimate price of sin so that you would no longer be held accountable for that sin. And he looked at your face he looked at Anaya and he looked at Bella and he looked at Pablo and he looked at Julian and he said, you know what? They are worth this amount of pain right now. He knew of the great purpose in his pain. And he knew that he wasn't on that cross like the other two men because it was a criminal. Because the Bible tells us that he was without sin. But he endured the pain so that you and I can endure ours. And I thank God on a regular basis that he didn't avoid the pain. And it's in that process that I can pray, God, help me not to avoid mine either. So I'm going to ask you to stand real quick. We're going to get ready to close. But I want to be fully transparent and give you an opportunity right now I'm gonna ask you for just the next few minutes, would you close your eyes just, just to listen to my voice and, and not get distracted? I don't fully know what all of you are going through. And even the ones who I might think I know, truth is I don't. No one really does, right? You and God are the only ones who fully understand what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what's happened to you, what is happening to you. And I don't know if there's pain in your life right now. I don't know if there's old pain that you've just learned to deal with and you've just learned to settle in and you don't even feel it anymore. You're so used to it. 
But God didn't say you got to get used to pain. God said you got to find joy because you know that it's going to produce something. And so I just want to end tonight by praying and asking God that he would help us change our perception of our pain. That he would give us the strength to not only endure it, but see the purpose behind it. And that he would allow us, each and every one of us, to know blameless and pure before God, we can continue to do what you called us to do. Because we know that this pain isn't to stop us, but it's to grow us. And I also want to pray that God would help us today if we're suffering. Some of you might be struggling in your mental health. It might have been a really rough year for you. And you've thought some thoughts you never thought you would think about. You've contemplated things that have scared you. Some of you, you've, you've had some loneliness and some struggling with that. Some of you messed up already big time and you're embarrassed and you're ashamed, whatever it is. It's your unique situation. But if you have any kind of pain that you're dealing with right now and you want God's help to process that and to move through that, just lift up your hands right where you're at and I'm gonna pray for you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. It's a lot of us. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you see every hand that's raised in this room. And Lord, I'm so grateful that you know exactly why they rose their hand. You know exactly what they're going through. You know exactly what they're struggling with. You know exactly what kind of pain is residing in their hearts and in their minds and in their spirit. And God, you understand because you've gone through that very same pain. You felt that pain long before we ever did. And you empathize with us, God. And so, Lord, I ask even tonight, would you change our perception of pain, God? Lord, if we're blameless and pure before you, if we know that this pain is a result of our own sinful nature, God, I ask, would you help us to change the perception of that, God, to understand that there is a greater purpose behind what we're going through, that it's not going to end in our defeat, but it'll end in triumph, not just for us, but for those around us. God, I pray that we would fully understand what it means to be rescued by you. And Lord, I even pray for those of us in this room who know without a shadow of a doubt that a lot of the pain we're going through is self-inflicted. A lot of this is a result of our own sinful nature and our own bad choices. But God, I am so grateful that you do not hold our sin against us. You don't treat us as our sins deserve but you are willing to give us mercy and grace to endure even that pain and to overcome it. So God, I pray, even now, God, where we be transparent as we lifted up our hands and admitted that there is pain in our lives, God, I pray, would you take that pain in your hands and lift it up off our shoulders? Would you walk with us and allow us to feel, even now, the peace that surpasses all understanding. May it permeate our heart, our soul, our mind, every aspect of our being. God, we may experience freedom from pain in your name. And Lord, I just pray that as we continue to live this life, we know we're going to encounter other times where we're going to go through pain. Lord, I pray that you would remind us that we're not alone in that pain. 
that you are there with us, God, that you surround us with brothers and sisters who love us and are gonna pray for us. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage us in those moments when we do encounter pain to know that we don't need to suffer silently, that we don't need to pull our ways to the side, that we can open our hearts to you and to each other and know that we will find grace and mercy when we seek it. So we thank you, God, and we love you for it. And we pray, Lord, help us for the very next steps that we need to take. And we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I want to close with just this one last thought about Jesus. If you read in the Bible and you continue to read in the Gospels, after his death and resurrection, the Bible says that he appeared before a lot of disciples And he did this a few times, except he kept missing one of his main disciples named Thomas. And so the disciples all gather around Thomas and they tell him, we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Messiah. And Thomas says famously, I won't believe it until I see the holes in his hands for myself. And not too long after that, Jesus appears in the very room that Thomas is in and he puts his hands out and he shows off his scars. And he says, blessed are you, that you believe because you see. Or no, he said, you believe because you see, but blessed are those who believe who haven't seen. Why am I telling you that right now? I know some of the pain that you go through might be embarrassing, but one of the best ways to know that you really overcome it is when you're able to introduce those scars to other people. And remember, scars are healed wounds. I'm not saying you show your open wounds. You know, I don't want you to bleed over people. <laughs> But when God has restored and redeemed and brought you through something, it might leave a scar, but scar is not an indicator that you're just hurt. It's also an indicator that you survived. And sometimes people won't believe of the things that God has done unless you're willing to show them the scars of overcoming that he's brought you through. Then you'll start to realize these scars aren't ugly. My wife's got scars on her belly. Every time I look at them, I think of my daughter's. I'm not like, ugh, your stomach's ugly. (laughs) I go, thank you for what you did to bring my beautiful women in the world. I love you. And when people see the scars in your life, just like we sang earlier, they'll say, your glory is so beautiful. I fall on my knees in awe. Why? Because you're the greatest glory of God's life. Amen? I love you. We'll see you tomorrow in Smuggles. Would you give God a hand clap of praise? God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.